European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 41. Focus Issue, Preventative Cardiology. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Prevention of Cardiovascular Diseases and Dementia. The Emerging Role of Air Pollution, Socioeconomic Factors, E-Cigarettes, New Biomarkers, Proteomics and Genetics. It is well established that prevention of cardiovascular diseases is based on optimization of lifestyle, including abstinence from smoking, regular physical activity, and an optimal diet. Nevertheless, growing evidence suggests that some risk factors, like air pollution and social isolation, cannot be modified by single individuals, but only by a coordinated effort aimed to improve social and healthcare organization. This is a focus issue on prevention and epidemiology, assessing these important risk factors, which are beyond the reach of single individuals. It also provides novel information on the role of new biomarkers and of proteomics in risk stratification of cardiovascular diseases and dementia. The first contribution is a state-of-the-art review article entitled Reduction of Environmental Pollutants for Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease it's Time to Act, by Thomas Munzer from the Johannes Gutenberg Universität in Mainz, Germany, and colleagues. The authors note that environmental risk factors are increasingly recognized as important determinants of cardiovascular disease, or CVD. While the contribution of diet, exercise, and smoking are well established, the contribution by factors such as noise and air pollution are not often acknowledged despite the recognition that they represent the two most common and pervasive environmental risk factors globally. Recent data indicate that air pollution-attributable premature deaths approach 9 million per year globally, mostly cardiovascular causes, accounting for a loss of life expectancy that rivals that of tobacco smoking. The health burden due to noise pollution is mostly based on loss of healthy life years, amounting to several 100 million of disability-adjusted life years per year. Importantly, health effects of both air pollution and traffic noise are observed at levels of exposure well below the regulatory thresholds currently assumed to be safe. Mechanistic evidence in animal models, natural intervention studies and quasi-experimental studies with air pollution mitigation support a direct pathophysiological role of air pollution in cardiovascular disease. In this current opinion, the epidemiologic and mechanistic evidence in support of an association between noise and air pollution with cardiovascular and metabolic disease and comprehensive mitigation measures is discussed. Increased awareness of the health burden posed by these risk factors and incorporation in traditional medical guidelines will help propel legislation to reduce them and significantly improve cardiovascular health. In the era of personalised medicine, it is of utmost importance to be able to identify subjects at the highest cardiovascular risk. To date, single biomarkers have failed to markedly improve estimations of cardiovascular risk. Using novel technology, simultaneous assessment of a large number of biomarkers may hold promise to improve prediction. In a clinical research article entitled Improved Cardiovascular Risk Prediction Using Targeted Plasma Proteomics in Primary Prevention, 
Renit Holgerven from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands and colleagues compared a protein-based risk model with a model using traditional risk factors in predicting CV events in the primary prevention setting of the EPIC Norfolk study, followed by validation in the PLIC cohort. Using the proximity extension assay, more than 350 proteins were measured in a nested case-controlled sample of about 1,500 individuals from the EPIC Norfolk prospective cohort study and from the PLIC cohort. Using tree-based ensemble and boosting methods, the authors constructed a protein-based prediction model, an optimized clinical risk model, and a model combining both. In the EPIC derivation cohort, or EPIC Norfolk, they defined a panel of 50 proteins, which outperformed the clinical risk model in prediction of myocardial infarction, with an area under the curve, or AUC, of 0.754 during a medium follow-up of 20 years. The predictive value of the protein panel was confirmed to be superior to the clinical risk models in the validation cohort. The authors conclude that in a primary prevention setting, a proteome-based model outperforms a model comprising clinical risk factors in predicting the risk of cardiovascular events, but validation in a large prospective primary prevention cohort is required in order to address the value for future clinical implementations in guidelines. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Peter Gantz and colleagues from the University of California, San Francisco in California, USA. The authors note that the data accumulating in ongoing studies will establish whether the great potential of proteomics to improve healthcare is fulfilled. The risk and burden of cardiovascular disease, or CVD, are higher in homeless than in housed individuals, but population-based analyses are lacking. In a clinical research article entitled Prevalence, Incidence and Outcomes Across Cardiovascular Diseases in Homeless Individuals Using National Linked Electronic Health Records, Amitava Banerjee from the University College London in the United Kingdom and colleagues investigated prevalence, incidence and outcomes across a range of specific CVDs among homeless individuals. Using linked UK primary care electronic health records and validated phenotypes, the authors identified about 8,500 homeless individuals aged greater than or equal to 16 between 1998 and 2019 and about 32,000 age and sex-matched housed controls. Comorbidities and risk factors were significantly more prevalent in homeless than in housed people. In addition, CVD prevalence, incidence and one-year mortality risk, adjusted hazard ratio 1.64, were higher in homeless than in housed people. The authors conclude that inclusion, health and social care strategies should reflect this high preventable and treatable burden observed in homeless people which is increasingly important in the current COVID-19 context. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Eleus Mosailos from the London School of Economics and Political Science in the United Kingdom. The authors note that close coordination is required between agencies and services to ensure a coherent pathway to address needs of people at risk of becoming homeless. Dementia is a major global challenge for health and social care in ageing populations. A third of all dementia may be preventable due to cardiovascular risk factors. 
in a clinical research article entitled Impact of Cardiovascular Risk Factors and Genetics on 10-Year Absolute Risk of Dementia Risk Charts for Targeted Prevention Ruth Fricka-Schmidt from the Riggs Hospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark and colleagues note that intensive multi-domain interventional trials targeting primary cardiovascular risk factors showed improved cognitive function in people at risk. Such interventions, however, would be expensive to implement in all individuals at risk, representing an unrealistic economic task for most societies. Therefore, a risk score identifying high-risk individuals is warranted. In 61,664 individuals from two prospective cohorts of the Danish general population, the authors generated 10-year absolute risk scores for all-cause dementia from cardiovascular risk factors and genetics. In both sexes, 10-year absolute risk of all-cause dementia increased with increasing age, number of apolipoprotein E or APOE E4 alleles, number of genome-wide association studies or GWAS, risk alleles and cardiovascular risk factors. The highest 10-year absolute risks of all-cause dementia seen in smoking women with diabetes, low education, APOE E44 genotype and 22 to 31 GWAS risk alleles were 6%, 23%, 48% 66% in those aged 50 to 59, 60 to 69, 70 to 79 and 80 to 100 respectively. Corresponding values for men were 5%, 19%, 42% and 60% respectively. The authors conclude that 10-year absolute risk charts for dementia will facilitate identification of high-risk individuals, those who will likely most benefit from early intervention against cardiovascular risk factors. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Andrew Sommerland from the University College London in the United Kingdom and colleagues. The authors note that the economic, social and individual costs of dementia mean that its prevention should be a priority to all those at risk, as well as policymakers and clinicians. The global COVID-19 pandemic is caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus entering human cells using angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, or ACE2, as a cell surface receptor. ACE2 is shed to the circulation and a higher plasma level of soluble ACE2 or SACE2 might reflect a higher cellular expression of ACE2. In a research article, angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 or ACE2 levels in relation to risk factors for COVID-19 in two large cohorts of patients with atrial fibrillation. Lars Valentin from the Uppsala Clinic Research Center in Sweden and colleagues explored the associations between SACE2 levels and clinical factors, cardiovascular biomarkers and genetic variability. Plasma and DNA samples were obtained in about 5,000 elderly patients with atrial fibrillation from two international cohorts. The authors found that higher levels of SACE2 were significantly associated with male sex cardiovascular disease, diabetes and higher age. The SACE2 level was also most strongly associated with levels of GDF15, NT-proBNP and HSCTNT. When adjusting for these biomarkers, 
only male sex remained associated with SACE2. The authors found no significant genetic regulation of the SACE2 level. The authors conclude that the levels of GD15 and NT-proBNP, which are associated both with SACE2 level and a higher risk of mortality and cardiovascular disease, might contribute to better identification of risk for severe COVID-19 infection. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Dirk van Veldhausen from the University of Groningen in the Netherlands, who highlights that this study is important and timely because it contributes to the growing body of research aimed at deciphering ACE2 pathophysiology and possible implications in COVID care. In a state-of-the-art review entitled High Sensitivity Cardiac Troponin Assay for Cardiovascular Risk Stratification in the General Population, Dimitrios Framakis from the University of Cyprus Medical School in Nicosia, Cyprus, and colleagues Note that cardiac troponins, or CTN, I and T, have long been the most successful cardiac-specific circulating biomarkers in cardiovascular medicine, having changed dramatically the diagnosis of acute myocardial infarction, while being independent predictors of outcome in several cardiac conditions and non-cardiac conditions. The latest generation high-sensitivity, or HS, CTN assays demonstrate both enhanced diagnostic performance and improved analytical performance with the ability to measure detectable concentrations in a substantial proportion of the asymptomatic and presumably healthy populations. Given this unique analytical feature, recent evidence suggests that HSCTN can be used for the stratification of cardiovascular risk in the general population. HSCTN predict future cardiovascular events, are responsive to preventative pharmacological or lifestyle interventions, change in parallel to risk modifications, and offer incremental risk predictors when added to well-established prognosticators. They conclude that implementation of CV risk stratification and prevention strategies incorporating HSCTN requires further investigation to define the optimal target populations, timing of measurement, and preventative interventions. Finally, in another state-of-the-art review entitled Effects of Tobacco Cigarette, E-Cigarettes and Water Pipe Smoking on Endothelial Function and Clinical Outcomes. Thomas Munzel from the Johannes Gutenberg Universität in Mainz, Germany and colleagues point out that tobacco smoking is a leading cause of non-communicable disease globally and is a major risk factor for cardiovascular and lung disease. Importantly, recent data by the World Health Organization indicate that in the last two decades, global tobacco use has significantly dropped, which is largely driven by decreased numbers of female smokers. Despite such advances, the use of e-cigarettes and water pipes, shisha, hookah, nagale, is an emerging trend, especially among younger generations. A growing body of evidence suggests that e-cigarettes are not a harm-free alternative to tobacco cigarettes, and there is considerable debate as to whether e-cigarettes are saving smokers or generating new addicts. The authors provide an updated overview of the impact of tobacco stroke shisha smoking and e-cigarette vaping on endothelial function, a biomarker for early subclinical atherosclerosis from human and animal studies, 
as well as the emerging adverse effects on the proteome, transcriptome, epigenome, microbiome and the circadian clock. The authors also discuss the impact of the toxic constituents of these products on endothelial function and subsequent cardiovascular disease. In addition, they provide an update on current recommendations, regulation and advertising with focus on the US and Europe. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.